Today in the Brewhouse, we're going to do something a little different. We're going to take a break from the midweek tech roundup and talk about the move of proof to stake and why it's a scam and Ethereum must go to zero. It's Wednesday, September 21st, and this is the Brewhouse. Before I get started, I just want to say I'm glad the fair is finally over. Nine days of getting up early and messing with oil and sugar, I'm either sticky or slippery. I didn't really have time to watch the news, so that's why we're going to take a break from the normal midweek tech roundup. I mean, we could talk about the Uber hack, the Rockstar hack, or the Seesaw hack. All of these are interesting. I did find some time yesterday talking to a friend of mine about the Uber hack, and he said it wasn't really a hack at all. It was social engineering. I challenged him to go to any talk at any conference and to go to a session on social engineering, and he should raise his hand and say, social engineering isn't hacking, and see what the response is. He quickly agreed that yes, social engineering is in fact hacking. I guess I won that one. Also, if you're waiting for the crickets, you won't hear them today. I'm recording my episode in uh, my wife's car, in Sioux Falls, in a Shields parking lot. So the sounds of the brew house today will more likely be traffic. I'm going to say it. Something that most people hate to hear, especially in crypto, I found a Ponzi scheme. In fact, I found a Ponzi scheme in one particular coin, and people aren't going to like it. That's right. Ethereum is now a Ponzi scheme. It has all the hallmarks of a Ponzi scheme. Send a bunch of money to someone without an easy way to withdraw it, and then get returns in hopes you will send more money to them to get the returns up even higher. This, by definition, is a Ponzi scheme. And it's why Ethereum POS, or proof of stake, needs to go to zero. To prove that point, look, I get it. It was in the white paper that it would go that it would eventually do this. But after I did some digging, I learned that Ethereum had a pre-mine of 72 million coins, 12 million of those which were kept. Now, if you're doing the math, 12 million coins could start up a lot of master nodes, well over 300,000. To me, it's how Ethereum did it. They just halted mining and they made POS the thing. They could have taken an example from Dashcoin, where it is a hybrid of mining and masternoding. Then maybe they could slow down mining. Instead, they decided to centralize the creation of the coin. The idea behind mining is that hobbyists could do it. I could have a GPU or a CPU and mine coins in my apartment for heat in the winter. But by making it 32 ETH to get in on the ground floor, it makes it unattainable but to the true money risk takers, or in fact, the people that just have money. Now, let's go ahead and break down the claim that Ethereum is now a Ponzi scheme. Let's go a little deeper. You have to send money to someone and lock that money in for so long. With the switch to POS, you now have to send 32 coins to a contract. They are no longer your coins. And at the time of this podcast, and also probably when you're listening in the future, there is no method to withdraw the coins, none. You're living on the hopes and dreams that someday they will give you a method to withdraw them. But who knows when this will happen? Maybe it won't. You're trusting the devs right now with around $40,000 of your money. Once you have deposited the 32 coins, you'll roughly get about a 4% APR on the coin. Not the value. This means that if the USD price falls, say from the 1300 to 1000 you're still getting 4% because they count the ROI as the amount of coin you're generating or the amount of coin that you get delivered to you. 
So our ROI in this case is a little bit tricky because it has nothing to do with the USD value. The guys at the top win. With the ability for the devs to start many masternodes, they effectively win. They get most of the reward. They win by getting to cast the most votes on the network for the protocol. Part of the thing that made crypto so much fun is hobbyists get involved. They mine in their apartments for heat in the winter. It's truly decentralized. Anyone can join in the fun. No longer with Ethereum. Now you have to pay to play. I once started a business where I put capital in and the other person promised sweat equity for their percentage. Well, I learned real fast that it doesn't work like that. And everyone needs to pay to play. Then everyone has the same amount to lose. In this case, the, dev got, the devs got coins for free with the initial pre-mine and for their sweat equity. And probably most never even really mined or put in the work to generate coins. For all the reasons I stated previously, Ethereum is now essentially centralized. The big bag holders will make all the rules, whether you like it or not. You have to play by their rules. Now, I can agree with the SEC that ETH is now a security. Changing to POS literally did nothing for the fees. Gas is still extremely high. I understand that in the future, changes will be made to lower gas fees. Why couldn't that be baked in along with the ability to withdraw your 32 coins? I mentioned before, Dash was a coin to look at as an example of how this could have really been done. They do simultaneous POW mining uh, using X11, but they also have master nodes. The POW miners, proof of work miners, generate the coin, but then split, split it with the master node. Ethereum could have started with this method and probably built a bigger, stronger network from the beginning. But they, I guess, decided to rip the Band-Aid off. Looking at coins like ETHW, I do see a future in the Ethereum protocol. But my guess is, is that once this catches on, people will be less likely to think that POS is the way to go. And with that, I will leave it there. Have a great day.